Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Rawcast. My name's James Price, here to lead you through a second FFA Cup show. Uh, hang on, this doesn't sound... Hang on, let me just check that. No, no, we beat... Wow, we beat Sydney FC, and now... Oh, okay, so we have another one. Wow, this is incredible. Anyway, this is episode two of the Rawcast, the secret FFA Cup show. I am joined by my usual comrades, Mr. Dave Stewart. How are we? Yeah, good, man. How are you today? Fantastic, fantastic. And Mr. Ben Clark, how are you? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm all right. Excellent. Now, this episode is brought to you by the NBN. So if it sounds different or weird, we're trying something different and we're relying on the NBN. So you know how well this is going to go. All right. We're not even in the same place. We're all across Brisbane right now. Yes. Yes, we are. Thanks, Malcolm. Yeah. Thanks, Malcolm. (laughs) Thanks, Tone. Love your work, Tone. Thanks. Thanks, Malcolm Tone, for letting me record this in my underwear. I appreciate that. <laughs> and thank you for not having me, meaning that we have to be there to see him in his underwear. Really, it's a win-win all round. I mean, you guys can all picture it if you want. That's fine. Oh, I am. I am. I am, Dave. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. It was, of course, Brisbane Raw 2. Brad Inman in the uh, Brad. Do I have to call him Brad or can I just call him Brad? You can call him whatever you want, mate. You're the host. Well, you're the one that wrote Brad I'm just anyway. doing what I'm told, mate. That's what the that's what the official stuff says. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Brad Inman in the 47th minute. Roy O'Donovan in the 87th minute. We pulled it back twice to draw 2-2. Two, two. And it wasn't quite unbelievable. Um, Matt Simon in the 21st minute with a penalty. And Sam Silvera in the 85th minute. We went to extra time. Therefore, meaning that we had our longest ever run in the FFA Cup. But despite all that, we lost 4-2 on penalties. And we did not progress to the round of eight. So it was Central Coast Mariners proceeding. The round of eight? The round of eight. Quarter final. No, it's the round of eight. And then it's the round of four. Then it's the round of two. Then it's the round of one. Okay. Yeah. I stand corrected. (laughs) Uh, Let's just just to give uh, Twitch to all those people out there who (laughs) really hate that naming schema. Anyway, so we, we lost at the we lost at the proper round of two, <laughs> round of round two of the FFA Cup. Um, so it was a uh, six thousand two hundred thirty five people, amazing crowd out at Redcliffe, and uh, we had some bookings as well. Scott Nelvin the twentieth, Ziggy Gordon in the what a good name, Ziggy Gordon in the fifty first minute, Jack Lisbon in the sixty six, Dylan Fox, Jake McGee in the ninety ninth. Uh, do you want the penalty shooters now? Shall we uh, get into that bit? Uh, why not? It was uh, Aiden O'Neill scored and Corley Gillespie scored for Brisbane Raw. Roy O'Donovan and Tom Aldred were saved by uh, by the goalkeeper whose name temporarily escapes me. I can see his face. Mark Birigetti. Yeah, Birigetti. Thank you. I was getting there. And for Central Coast, Matt Simon, Gianni Stennis, Milan Drich and Jacob Melling scored. Dave, what did you think? Yeah. I thought we were terrible at taking penalties. Well, I know. We scored three out of five on the night, mate. We scored two out of four, but that's all right. No, um, Donovan scored a penalty in normal time. No, I wasn't counting that one. That one. I mean, it counts, but it doesn't count at the same time because it didn't. It, it counted when it mattered, but it didn't matter at the end. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> just, if yes. that makes any sense. So, so look, it, to be honest, we were the better side. In all honesty, we were a far better side. Central Coast is a much improved side. They're not the same team they are last year, and they will not be the easy beats that we saw last year. That's for damn sure. I think Stage probably has them 
working a little bit better than what they used to, but they were also there to camp back and break. Um, with Matt Simon basically sitting on, you know, the last shoulder of, of our last defender, wherever they may have been at the time. So that was their plan. They they executed it um, well twice. I mean, they their second goal, their, their late 85th minute goal was very scrappy, but they, they did the job. Um, but Brisbane was a far better side and the tale of this, of this um, match was our inability to finish our chances. We had... Breakaways, one on ones with the keeper, easy like chances where we just had to put it on target. And Birrigetti was, if he was saving it, he was pulling out an absolute blinder, but he didn't. Too most of the time, um, that was our biggest fault: not being able to put the ball on target, not being able to finish chances. Roy Donovan probably, although he scored, had a mare, an absolute mare. Um, I hope it's not a precursor for the rest of the season because if it is, then we need to get. Diddleman's a hauls in there nice and quick. Maybe even Sun Pangeli, who's torn it up in the NPL this year. We need to get something to support it because Roy Donovan, if he, if he plays like that all season, we're in trouble. Yeah. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, look, <laughs> despite the result, it was very, uh, it was very encouraging performance. Um, I really thought that, uh, you know, there was a number of, you know, a number of players that really you know, stood out in a good way, um, not, you know, notwithstanding Roy's mare. Um, I thought Inman was very good. Neat finish for the goal. Um, I thought uh, Jay O'Shea was, you know, a very creative player in the centre of midfield, which we haven't had in a long time. Um, you know, it's really... Have we ever really had a real creative? I mean, our creativity has normally been out wide more than in the middle, if or, you, you want to be for a long time anyway. Or deep from like your Coronas and your, you know, players like that. It's it's never been the kind of central attacking midfielder. Like we've, you know, really you go have to go back to Charlie Miller to, you know, go the, the last central attacking midfielder, you know, that created a lot that we've had. Um, and... You know, I thought those guys were really good. I thought Tom Aldred was really, really good. Um, I agree. Uh, mm. Like, you know, it was very, very obvious in the way the game flowed that Matt Simon was trying to go mm. and be like, hey, welcome to Australia to both the centre-backs. He, he, Aldred, he was trying to attack Aldred first. He got absolutely no change whatsoever out of Aldred. And then he moved on to Gillespie, and as soon as he did, he won a, he won the uh, won the penalty. Um, you know, Gillespie just you know Gillespie also looked quite good, but you know just doesn't have that experience. And you know, I thought Aldred in the back line stood out. I thought uh, Scott Neville was very good. It, there was just very very solid performances all round. Um, and I thought tactically it was exactly the way. To go, like you know, it, the uh, the poor finishing notwithstanding, as well, the, the um, you know, we could have had you know four or five just in that first half alone, and you know, the game would have been over. So, yeah, it, it, I I thought we were very unlucky to go out and for it to even go to penalties. Um, you know, obviously, always disappointing to lose on penalties, no matter what, because it's you know such a you know, such a uh, 
coin toss, really. But, um, yeah, Central Coast, you know, got a good keeper in. You know, he made a save. Jamie Young didn't on the night. And that was that was the difference. Yeah, absolutely. I should probably interject us there and, and agree with what you said there, Ben, because although my comments were very Rodonovan the shit, um, the, the overall theme of the match, as you just mentioned, you named a number of players there, which I wholeheartedly agree with, um, played really well. Um, one player which... Well, two players... That really, one player changed my mind about him. I wasn't so sure about him was Gillespie. Yeah. Um, he was pretty... He was really good. So I was actually quite impressed with how he went. Um, Corny Perkins, though. Holy crap. That kid's 16 and he's a freaking tank. Yeah. <laughs> he's... He's bigger than most of the other players on the other team. Tommy all literally bounced off him to Kapulcher at one point. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so it's he, um, yeah. There, there's a couple of really, yeah, exactly. And he's he's a really exciting player to to see come through this season. We'll see what happens with that. But um, yeah, I should probably just I just wanted to interject to say my points weren't all about Roy Donovan being bad. The rest of the actual team were really, really good on the night. Just again, finishing just cost us. Yeah, and that was probably what I noticed. Um, you know, it's behind the goals, and when you see them, sort of, um, yeah, it was a lot of really good play. You know, obviously we had our structure, and they've implemented a real structure around what we're doing. We stuck with the three at the back. We've got our two wing backs, and so it seems like that's the way we're going. Certainly, at least in preseason, it's that's everything we've seen so far has been that way. Um, I did think Central Coast played us quite well, though, with a very sort of low centre, you know, a very deep line. Yes, it was very deep lying, but a pretty good deep lying block where we really struggled, especially in extra time. Um, we certainly didn't run over the top of them and we really struggled to create, but we should have put our chances early because we had those chances to yeah. go ahead. And, you know, obviously we hit the bar just before the end of normal time and uh, I'll throw the cross, the, the, yeah, the bar. Um, what was it being? Oh, post. It doesn't matter. It was pretty close to both. We hit something. Yeah, we hit something. Yeah, we hit the woodwork. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, and, the plastic and, work, the plastic piping work. And, and look, the other, the other thing I just wanted to mention as well is that, you know, this is this is the perfect illustration of why, unfortunately, it's a it's a preseason game, and you can tell that it's a preseason game because if, if this was 120 minutes in the middle of the season our players would not have run out of gas the way they did because they, they, you can tell that they're still working up to full fitness and the way that we play relies on fitness a great deal. So I think that if you caught, if, if this was a, you know, mid-season game, you wouldn't have seen us really drop off like we did in the later half of the second half and then in extra time. I think the way that we play, you know, we're going to be, we're going to be peaking at the right time when the season starts, not now. And that was unfortunately a bit of a, you know, unfortunately, you know, a, a victim. We were a victim of that, um, you know, in this particular instance. You know, we, we when we when we needed to chase goals and you know get that deciding goal, we just uh, you know, didn't have the legs for it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. We just didn't have legs, and that's it. It is still preseason for the team. It's a very different style of play and the good the good signs are that the players seem to have adapted to that different style of play really well so you know it's obviously bending down and you know the the theory and the practice is, is looking pretty good and so far I mean if, when we you know we're jumping ahead a bit but the rest of the results as well you know um, we haven't lost in pre-season A-League opposition and we've played four 
teams so far. Four A League teams. Yeah, four games so far. Yeah. So, you know, and we haven't lost any of them and we've had some pretty handy results. Like, you know, it hasn't been four games against Central Coast. Like, we've played the two champions from last season and looked pretty good in both. So, yeah, sorry. The encouraging thing with that as well is that one of those or even two of those most recent games have been played with half of our MPL side against what you'd almost call full-strength opposition. So it bodes well for the little bit of depth that we'll have up our sleeve should injuries come into play um, and, and kind of see how they, how they kind, of, kind of build from there, I guess, or how they develop from there. Obviously, our NPL guys are coming off a full season. They've literally just finished that. So um, we'll get onto that a little bit later on. But the, um, seeing, seeing that uh, you know, a few players coming through, Muradovic being one of us as a good example, um, yeah, it's exciting to see them coming through and, and a few players staking their, their, a spot. You know, like I said, Muradovic, you have your you know, Courtney Perkins, you got your uh, Akbari coming back through as well. These are players that will hopefully end up developing and kind of really providing something extra this season. Yeah. Now, obviously, a couple of key points. I mean, we've already sort of touched on Matt Simon. I do want to say that he did turn around and tell, you know, almost literally directly to me to um uh, to fuck off after he scored. Well, he assisted the um <laughs> the go-ahead goal for Central Coast Mariners. Um yeah, fuck. Go ahead, goal. I'm not an American. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, and that was great to see that about two minutes later he got put back in his spot. Fucking wanker. Um, anyway, obviously Scott Neville went off injured. Um, not not good signs there. But uh, as he has been, um, you know, pretty handy in preseason. Even if, even if he's playing in a position we didn't think he'd be playing. Oh, for sure. Um, and and I and I also thought I I also thought that you know. Geez, I, every time you watch, you go, how the fuck did Matt Simon get away without a booking in this match? Like, you know, mm. you, you just you just have to go, wow, like, what the fuck? Because he deserved at least one. <laughs> you know, well, he's going to fight with Aldrin for cross sake. Oh, yeah. It, it's, it's, yeah, it really should have, uh, really should have been at least booked. But, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, the game's over. We won't uh, we won't uh, harp on that too much. But yeah, that, look the other the other little point that I wanted to make just about Mariners is that really I was pretty impressed with some of their new guys, like their um, Korean bloke. I can't remember his name. Kim Yun um, Sun. What's that? Kim Yun Sun. Yes, that's the one. Yep, uh, that's the one. Tassel uh, Good, good, good old, good old. Uh, he drinks and he drives. Um, yeah, um, yeah. He's uh, he he looked very good. I thought that uh, the the fellow that scored their second, uh, Samuel Silvera, he came on and did more in his like you know, half an hour plus extra time than you know Daniel De Silva showed in the first hour because that's who he came on for and it was just like night and day. I did not know Daniel De Silva was on the pitch until his name was read as a substitute. So, you know, uh, astonishingly, you know, poor from a guy that I think is still contracted to Roma, maybe? No, I think Central Coast bought it. Yeah, Central Coast got his thing. And then because he was loaned to Sydney FC last year from Central Coast. Yeah, Yeah, you know, that whole loan, you know, that whole thing. We, oh, we have loans in the A-League now. It's meant to help young players get a game. You know, immediately top club takes um, best player from lesser club. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. as as all of these rules kind of, you know, only help 
yeah. you know, the the bigger clubs. That's what that's what they're meant to do. Um, but yeah, I, I thought that they were. I think that um, you know, for everything that has been said about um, him as a coach, um, I thought. Uh, uh, oh God, name is escaping me. Central Coast coach. The Stadge, man. Stadge. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought Stadge had them set up really well. I think I think it bodes well for the season. I don't think they will be um, well. They're certainly not going to be bottom bottom drawers, like you say. But you know, I think they may be a you know sneaky bet for a uh, you know for a lower end of final spot. And you know, they're they're well set up. And I thought they were. You know, I, I thought they looked better than Sydney looked. I thought they looked better than some other A League teams have looked at this stage. You know certainly uh, bodes well for them. Yeah. And, um, and Dave, uh, what happened with Jack Clisby and his jersey? Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I'm pretty... You know how you put something in the wash and it's, you know, it can shrink if you get the wrong sort of uh, temperature? I think the reverse happened with this case. Maybe he had a shower and he shrunk and his jersey stayed <laughs> the same. I don't know. Either way, the jersey was about 100 times too big for him. He was literally being held up by the parachuteness of his jersey. It was quite hilarious. I think if one of our um, one of our attackers, if Roy Donovan grabbed a handful of shirt to try to slow him down, Clisby could have gotten to the halfway line and Roy Donovan still would have been in the 18-hour <laughs> box. It was that much give. So <laughs> Clisby's jersey, parachute jersey. I think there was a few other players with a bit of a parachute yeah, jersey I'm... going on as well, but... I Clisby guess it was, one yeah, it was a special most. jersey and maybe they hadn't uh, sized it up properly before they uh, turned up <laughs> and yeah, put their yeah. numbers on. I think it was probably the last one there and everyone just, everyone just kind of grabbed the jersey and he was the last one. He's got left <laughs> yeah, with the exactly. Yeah, we've got a range one. of sizes. Um, <laughs> just yeah. take your pick. And uh, he was in the corner <laughs> at the time. It, it's seriously... <laughs> the, the kits were reminiscent of uh, an over 35s um, kit where everyone needs to have a few X's on their jersey just to be able to fit in. Um, that's what the kit manufacturer must have assumed when they were getting the uh, yeah getting the. Yeah, I guess we were back out at Redcliffe again. Um, what did you think of the venue? I mean, obviously another decent crowd. I think a it, interesting. I'm just I'm talking to transfer it to maybe how we might go when it's the A League season out there. Um, like, did you feel the atmosphere was okay? There wasn't too much going on, but there's a lot of people there. Um, how, how did you like the venue, and how do you think it will go? Yeah, yeah Rick, Rick. how do you think it will go A League season wise? Uh, it's a great, it's a nice little stadium. It's the sort of stadium that I think, I think it's so, like yeah. ten thousand capacity. If you could, if you could build it out to be around about fifteen to twenty thousand capacity, raw games would go absolutely mental in, in the right place in Brisbane. Raw games would go absolutely mental. You'd be able. You'd, I'm not going to say you're going to pack it out every single day, every single game, but you're going to be you know 50 plus percent capacity at the very least, and then you've got room to grow for those bigger games, or as the team improves, as young and they draw more of a crowd. So that sort of a venue would be marvelous. Um, marvelous, Richie. Marvelous. What was that? Marvelous. M A R V E. Yeah, it's um. So it's a nice stadium. It'll be interesting to see how it goes during the course of the season when we've got proper A-League fixtures there. I'd imagine, given the more family, say family-friendly, but given the more generally friendly time slot that's not midweek at 7.30, um, 
you, you would imagine you draw a few extra people. Um, they're all yeah, Sunday afternoons, so as far as I'm aware. So that, I, I, I mean, I was thinking, like, if we, we've gotten over 6,000 twice on a Wednesday night out there, I would think that we, if it's only 10,000 capacity, I think we might actually sell the place out uh, for our couple of regular season games. Well, it's going to go close. Imagine, so. Do you, you would hope that they would improve the um, transportation infrastructure there, though, because I know that a lot of people complain about getting out of that venue, um, which, uh, uh, you know, especially as far as that is, people are going to drive, so you need to make sure you've got capacity to be able to fit people for 10,000 or cars for 10,000 people or there thereabouts. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, mm. yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. And, and they'll need to see more people on the food, on the food um, aisles and drink aisles as well because it was pretty long queues for most of the night for them. Oh, God, yeah. I think, I think this game and possibly the last one were probably good little kind of indicators as to how the club, how the how the venue will go from that sort of thing and where they should improve. If they don't yeah. learn from that, there's an issue. Um, they absolutely mm, need to learn yeah, from that. It will be. Do you guys want to have it? Just while we're having a chat, do you guys want a quick update in the uh, in the final oh, Surf yes. City Cup match? Very exciting. That's Very just exciting. Finished. How is the playoff for second? So, so, well, well, the uh, the playoff for second finished one one. Oh, and goes straight to penalties. Love that. Um, now the result has just come in, and Newcastle Jets have won four three on wow. penalties. So congrats to Newcastle for finishing second um, with a point. Um, although the best thing was, I'm just reading through like the tweets from Perth Glory. Here's the best thing about it. Within the space of five penalties in a row, you have two sets of families taking penalties. Three Petrados and two Popovichs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it was like Petrados, Popovich, Petrados, yeah. Popovich, Petrados. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And out of all of those, let's see, there was mm. one miss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was uh, yep. Charles is the one player that missed. Uh, oh. And Frenich missed for glory as well, which is um, unfortunate. So former, two former Raw guys missing in the penalty shootout. Maybe they're just um, secret agents to get Maybe. us across the line. Yeah, I mean, exactly, we're already across yeah. the line, but you know. Well, you know, we've been flipping the money, so they're like, "Well, you know, we've been around our paychecks from the Brisbane Raw, so they finally got their super came in." They're like, "Oh, maybe we should do something for them." (laughs) It's all about the Superman. (laughs) It's all that matter, really. All right. Anything more we want to talk about from Redcliffe? Oh, I I just wanted to uh, very quickly mention that if you, um, you know, I think those Sunday games. A, will sell out. B, there'll be more time on a Sunday for people to go. You know, there's there's quite a lot around Redcliffe as far as like, you know, craft beer venues and RSLs and, you know, obviously the Dolphins it's, it's itself. Like, you know, it's there's a lot of places for people to come, you know, get tanked before it and, you know, go to the game. So I, I, I think a more sort of, traditional game day it's it's going to be better and people are going to feel it a bit better i think you know the the crowd was a bit subdued because i mean the, a lot of them had to rush in directly from work and you know you, you kind of felt that in the stadium there wasn't really much atmosphere i think that'll be very different you know during the season 
Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the Mariners did go ahead reasonably early, and you know, I guess there was that tension there of we were struggling to score. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Played a part, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the drinking part's interesting. Um, I mean, there's not if you want walking distance. I mean, it'd probably make people appreciate how good Caxton Street is mm-hmm. in comparison. You know, there's not many stadiums in Australia mm-hmm. that have a Caxton Street. You know, for the great drinking venues, mm-hmm. literally yeah. five minutes walk from the stadium. So. I don't, I don't know. I, I heard there was a there's a fair bit of access from a, a prominent drinking venue right behind the stadium, straight to the stadium, uh, namely the fire exit <laughs> from the smokers area, straight into the stadium. Uh, some people may have taken advantage oh. of from what I'm told. Okay, <laughs> that's that's it. No. So, um, you know that crab thing that we ran out of six two five three five may have uh, have actually slightly higher than that. A, a, a certain uh, a certain opposition A League coach being one of them. Oh really? <laughs> uh, yes, a certain uh, uh, Tony P. Oh no, no, that's too obvious. Uh, P. P. Popovich. I was say, did, his, did two of his kids just score goals in in a penalty shootout? <laughs> Oh well, look, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll forgive him for sneaking in. Yeah, oh, well, that's um, <laughs> yeah, funny, funny. Oh, well, I'm sure they'll work those things out. It did look, I did notice that they seemed to have a bit of that deck from last year. I remember, like none of that deck was open this year. It seemed to be there was part of it. I guess there's a bit of a um, a uh, what's that word? Uh, where people that pay lots of money go. Porn signings, actually, yeah. Um, Corporate. Yeah, corporate section yeah, up there yeah. this time. Well, the, the top part of the top part of the main stand was also, I think, was fenced off as kind of a corporate area too. But uh, I think that was mostly Penn Power might have sorted themselves out for that. I got a feeling that if you're going to have corporate, that's probably going to be where they'll put it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'd imagine they probably do something yeah. at the at the end as well. You'd imagine yeah, be so, something. I mean, that is it's, that's they got that sort of big. Like yeah, seating area in the inside, don't they? The top deck there, um, not sort of on the sideline, but yeah, behind where you guys were sitting. Um, what do you reckon we can get the? What do you reckon the chances are we can just get them to locate the den up on that deck there and just have them like um, bouncing up and down on that deck? I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe. Just <laughs> yeah. to maybe be, it's fine. Oof, that's uh, all right, mate. They're only singing about bread. Trust me, they didn't miss anything. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, all right. That will about wrap it up. So let's move on to the Surf City Cup. And we are champions. Yeah. Cop yeah. that. Yeah. It already was, winning trophy. Yeah. Already. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Game. Two from two. Stick that one up here, Perth Glory Newcastle Jets. That's what you get for uh, coming to town and thinking you can take on the Surf City Cup against Brisbane Roar. Yeah. Screw the FFA Cup. It's all about certain yeah, right. o- Oceania Nations Cup, eat your heart out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it was Brisbane Raw 1, giant in the 61st minute, uh, defeated Perth Glory nil. Uh, that was on the Friday night. And then on the Sunday, it was Brisbane Raw 3, Mirza Muradovic in the 16th minute, and Brad Inman in the 39th and 81. Get on the score sheet is Brad Inman. Uh, defeating Newcastle Jets one, Nick Fitzgerald in the forty sixth minute. Uh, Joingham was a um, a nice little break on the counter. Um, there are actually you can see goals of you can see weirdly there's some clips of the Friday night game, but nothing of the Sunday game. So um, 
yeah, Jai was sort of a breakdown, uh, breakdown aside and a cut back and he slotted it in. And big Maxi Cromkin also made it, came up big, uh, taking the piss save um, against Perth Glory as well. So to keep him at bay and, yeah, and once again, a big change up of um, youth in, into the team as well. So both games featured a lot of youth and obviously our more, you know, first 11 played the FFA Cup. So, you know, you can say we took that one seriously. But then the Surf City Cup had a lot of um, youth into, integrated into the team, Dave. So, yeah. So I completely, sorry, I was completely distracted over my own thing. My apologies. What were you saying? <laughs> this is going great, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I had that Irish response to that. Um, yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah. Ben. I think it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty clear that you know that was not. Um, you know, it was not. We were not taking it as seriously as the other two teams in it, and yet we won it. So. <laughs> So, like that kind of that kind of says to me that yes, there's a whole bunch of young players fighting for first team spots, and that's really healthy. It also says to me that our youth team is going to be very good again this year uh, in the eight games that they play. Um, well, and... well, I mean, we need to find out what the new wide league structure is. I mean, where do Western United fit in? How is it all going to be impacted? I mean, I need to know this information. Are we going to join the North Conf the the other conference and drop out the Canberra team. I mean, how's it all going to work? Look, I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting with bated breath to find out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they'll announce something at least the week before the, uh, it actually starts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) So kind of looking a little bit, so, you know, taking these games and the FFA cup. So, you know, you know, Obviously, it's completed now. You know, what did what have we kind of thought of the preseason so far? Because obviously, you know, last time we recorded, we'd played the uh, Gladstone Select Eleven already, hadn't we? Yeah, we'd played that game. Um, yeah. we've, we've had another couple of friendlies in there. Like, you know, we we've we've not really we've been. Oh, the, the the point I'm trying to make is a bit of it, and I don't want to you know get too far ahead of myself here. Is a little bit reminiscent of the <clears throat> preseason where Ange came in, and it was. I'm glad you're not getting ahead of yourself. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm already getting um a 2019-2020 champions uh, engraved on my backside tomorrow. On, uh, oh, on that from Ben, so uh, excellent. But but you know, it, it's it's, so. it's it's uh it's it's not going to be that level. But it's very encouraging to see that the style of play, the fact that we're just you know pretty much putting away mm-hmm. everyone in preseason, A League, local, whoever, and that we're doing it and looking good in the process. So you know, I, I think that. At the very least, it's encouraging signs, and you know that we're not going to be suffering through a season like last season. Almost certainly, uh, is uh, you know at, at least on the at least on the cards at this stage. Yeah, I guess the thing might be yes. Sorry, mate. So I just interject there. I know this is all new technology at the moment that we're using. We're obviously not in the same place and and whatnot. 
But can you just double check to see if this is actually Ben you linked up to? Because that's far too optimistic. Um, I expected much more pessimism. Maybe it's the Robbie Fowler Liverpool link that he's just all excited about, but I don't think it's really Ben. The season hasn't started yet. So, you know, I'm I'm sure sure when we, uh, you know, I'm I'm sure when the season starts, the pessimism will uh, creep in. But, you know, it's... uh, you know, honestly, John Aloisi is not our coach anymore. So we, we have some room for optimism, you know, just purely based on that. That's like, true. you know, it's, 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 it's pretty good. It's a pretty good feeling to not really know what the season is going to be like before it even starts. Look, we know Hill is frozen, frozen over Dave when Ben buys a membership. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might buy a membership. You might buy a membership, but it won't be to Brisbane, uh, the Brisbane or men's side. It might be the women's side, or or just going to yeah. Redcliffe a few times. Is there a Western the United year. membership that gets me a free away jersey? <laughs> uh, yeah, you just go to Rebel and buy the jersey, and I'm pretty sure they give you a membership to Western United. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, but I don't know about Western United, but I know some people right now at one of the Western United games and the Western Service crews there. Do you want me to see if they can go <laughs> ask for you? They've got a spot available for you. The, uh, yeah, like the, 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 <laughs> yeah. That, 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 away, that away jersey is my favourite kit that I've seen in the last, like, you know, well, pretty much since the A-League started. Like, that yeah. is just an outstanding kit. It like, is. Like, it's right up there with the Central Coast. How, how would you describe it? You know. <laughs> how would you describe it for our discerning list as a main or a senior? Well, just think of... Well, it's, it's, it's kind of... Think the vomit jersey plus fractals. That's not bad. That's not bad, actually. <laughs> like it's it's. I was thinking maybe he'd go like green and white glass that's shattering or something like that, yeah, and that's yeah. just basically what it looks like. Yeah, it's on, like a, it's, on a, a, it's a green, white, and black, you know, magic eye. Basically, is yeah, yeah. It's, it's spectacular. And when you look at it the right way, you see Mark Rudan like giving That's the finger true. to William yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. When, when you get a bit cross-eyed staring into it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did want to say one of my favourite pieces of social media content over the whole, over this uh, over the off-season has been the A League account, official A League account, getting clubs to rate, you know, rank, you know, what was your favourite home kit from each team. But then they literally had every season of like the fourteen seasons, forgetting that like for the first eight seasons we wore kits for two seasons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> which one was your favourite? You wore it for two years. Which year did it look better? Uh, the year where you did better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sydney actually hate season two kit, but they love season one kit because yeah, they won exactly, something in exactly. it. Exactly. Um, I should just rattle off some of those other friendlies. Brisbane Raw three over Redlands United, nil. Brisbane Raw four over Brisbane City, nil. And Brisbane Raw five over Coomera Colts, one. Um, and it was 11 nil over Gladstone Select. So a few of those are behind closed doors, which got a couple of people's knickers and knots. But you know what? I think there's been plenty of opportunity to see the team this preseason that uh, we don't need to be too worried about some of them. Um, and, 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 and honestly, compared to last off-season, which seemed to be way more behind closed doors friendlies, I think they've got the message largely that, you know, Hey, just fucking let people in to see the games. Like the the Surf City Cup, essentially we had that last season with 
I think it was Melbourne Victory and somebody else. Wanderers, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and it was all behind closed doors. So the fact that they've opened it up to the public this year is obviously a positive and you know, can only uh can only help matters. Yeah, exactly. Right. And that's and that's exactly what they were. These friendlies happened last season, just no one saw them because they were behind closed doors at three PM at Seabus Stadium. Um, yeah. yeah, at least, you know, at least a couple hundred people, I don't know what their attendance figures were like, um, got the chance to go and see the teams if they wanted to, you know, I, I know, I know a certain one of our friends, uh, made the trek down there, made a bit of a day of it on the Sunday to go and see the second game, um, which might actually just be a really nice time, uh, to go and listen to Rick's thoughts on the game now. Hey guys, Rick here. My thoughts on the Surf City Cup game against Newcastle. Um, Attacking-wise, I thought we were quite good. Ended up scoring three goals. Um, two of them from crosses. The goal by Maradovic. Great ball from Gillespie to the far post. Uh, Inman's uh, goal, which was our third, uh, came off with a bit of a deflected header, but a cross, from, cross to the far post. Well-worked goal as well. And Inman's um, goal in the first half, you know, finished very well, bottom corner. I uh, couldn't ask for much more. Um, in terms of a defensive performance, um, at times we were, we were very strong. At other times, we were we were lacking an extra person in the midfield. Um, they were getting the extra person and, and causing us a bit of problems. Um, Possession-wise, I thought we were quite strong. Um, we passed the ball quite well, and uh, it was an essence of, of the Ange Postacoglu era. So, well done, guys. After seeing the game on Sunday and the games that I've seen on TV, I feel like we're playing with a sense of purpose and we actually have a philosophy this season. Um, our structure, I think, for the most part, is working for us. Um, there's there's a few teething issues being a fairly new formation that we haven't really seen over here in the A-League. Um, the players themselves, Inman, I, I feel, has been quite good for us so far, scoring some quite nice goals. Uh, Stefan Mork, now that he's healthy, I... I really want to see how well how how he does this season. I think he's going to do a lot of damage if he can stay fit. Um, Akbari has has looked quite good in the centre of midfield for us. Uh, Jake McGing he's been a bit hot and cold. Um, I hope I hope um, he actually improves as the season gets on. Um, when we actually start to sub on players, though, I feel we're we're lacking a bit in terms of the backup roles, and I'd like to see that improve. Ah, thank you very much to Rick there for his uh, bit of feedback um, on what it is. So, uh, once again, trying the new technology, seeing how it goes. What did you reckon, Dave? Yeah, good. I didn't hear a word of it. Um, so, wise, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you heard it before the show. I did. Uh, I, I did hear the first half of it. Uh, thanks to Rick for that. That was um, really good to have that. And I think uh, I kind of ran it past you beforehand, uh, Pricey, but not with Ben. I think it's probably a good idea if we got people on, especially in a ways that have a few things to say might open up the phone line so to speak and see if they're open to sharing their thoughts bit of a fox pop but we don't have to do anything so i like the idea of that yeah content for free ben content for free we can make it a call-in show a call-in show uh, man five, that'll five, be five five live five live. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that from what i'm having to do to put this audio in no just know. <laughs> uh, I, I guess it's not that hard. 
it's not that hard. All right, let's talk about some of the other Queensland FFA Cup results. Uh, so we've had a couple of – we had plenty of games up here. It was a fantastic uh, round match day as such for, um, for Queensland teams. So we did have Olympic uh, at home to, who scored two against Adelaide United three. So Costa Pizarras in the 12th, in 12th minute, Chris Lucas in the 64th of the penalty, losing to Adelaide United three. So Al Hassan Dre in the ninth and 27th. And then George Blackwell sealing it in the 84th of the penalty at Stadia de la Tolofolongarp, a.k.a. Perry Park, about 1,030 in attendance. So good performance by um, Olympic FC. Great performance by Olympic FC. They were fantastic. They really... Um... They took it to Adelaide, and as I was saying, it's really unfortunate that they, that Olympic conceded the penalty because it was 100% a penalty, but you just saw on the face that he was something he didn't intend to do. He wasn't trying to, to clip the feet. Um, play, I think it was Blackwood went down as well. I think he went down pretty easy, but it's still a pen. Yeah. Um, that said, though, uh, Costa Cyrus um, with a fantastic response to them going down in the first place, and Chris Lucas... Chris Lucas just gave us. He didn't start the game, but he gave a bit of a spark off the bench, and he could have put him ahead he, before before Blackwood scored. He could have um, could have given Olympic the uh, the ascendancy there at one point. I think who's who's the keeper for uh, Adelaide at the moment? It's, um, uh, who have they got? It, to give me one it, second. Oh no, I'm the wrong match. Yeah, is he that, yeah, yeah. save a really really good save just to keep him keep the keep the ball out. So. Olympic will um, should keep their head held high. They were fantastic for 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 the game. And Adelaide don't like Perry Park. <laughs> no, they don't. They do not they? like Perry Park at all. Look, I think Perry Park is honestly like I mean, you know, like there's that whole you know line in England. You don't want to go to Stoke on a cold Tuesday night. Well, how about a a warm Brisbane night in well warm for winter, um, Brisbane night in a or a Brisbane night in winter or something like that. Like, yeah, a yeah, weeknight in Brisbane. Nightmares. Yeah, like- uh, it's 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 definitely yeah, it's definitely a ground that Adelaide aren't comfortable with, and I think the home size when we get it when when we get Adelaide up here, um, feel they can get at them. Mm. They don't, it's not that aura. As much as Adelaide have won the FA Cup a couple of times now, and they're actually the defending champions again, mm. uh, much like when they lost to Redlands. Um, I don't think they have the aura that say a victory or a Sydney FC would have. Um, so when they come up here, local sides feel they can get at them a bit, and that creates a bit more of an open open game, which is why we see a three two instead of a a one nil. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. it, it was a good game by Olympic. They played really well. They set up really well, and they they executed a good plan. It's unfortunate that they uh, they got undone a bit at the end, but. In, mm. Really, really good performance by Olympic. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I, I didn't get to the game, obviously, because I dogged that night and I was planning on going. But uh, when you saw the early goal go in for Adelaide, you thought, oh, well, that, you know, that probably won't do it. But they pull it back a couple of minutes later, you know, and they, they plug on all night and, you know, twice level, never quite get themselves ahead, even though they had a couple of decent chances. And, yeah, I mean, cop the sucker punch in the end. So, um, Olympic FC can hold their heads high. They've performed really well in the, uh, in the FFA Cup this year. And, um yeah, so good work by them. One one thing, uh, so I was there for the second half of that game because I finished work shortly before. Uh, you know, finished work, watched watched the game on the uh, way there. Saw the Costa Saros, you know, thunder bastard strike. What a, what a goal that was uh, on the phone. But um, the one, the couple of things about that game, uh, <laughs> the active support was the loudest active support 
that I've you know, seen from a local side and certainly was better than the FA Cup active support uh, for us. Yeah, so, and that was there for the um the first one against Bayswater as well. So um yeah, they've got a yeah they've got a real squad going. Uh, quite a number of the chants sound a bit familiar though, Ben. I'm sure you'll agree. Oh yeah, listen, yeah. You know, there, there's there's only so much. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure there's fair bit of crossover. Uh, yeah. between the uh, between the two, uh, but yeah, certainly they uh, certainly they made a lot of noise, and uh, they were really, uh, you know, um, yeah, it, it, it was it was just really good to see, you know, in a in a crowd of you know a thousand, you know, to, for that amount of noise to be generated was uh, pretty pretty terrific. And the uh, the other thing I just wanted to mention was <laughs> Adelaide had two fans at the game. Two fans. Wow. Two fans. <laughs> Wellington, and... bl- bloody Wellington got more. <laughs> and one of them was absolutely just the biggest fucking asshole you could ever lay eyes on. J- just was basically, you know, you know, giving the ups to the active support uh, the whole game. And rather than be allowed to celebrate with his team at the end, he got uh, he got evicted. Basically, when the game finished, <laughs> so, oh, that's very, fantastic. very satisfying. Uh, so, um, and well the, whole, the whole crowd break. gave him the na 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 na. Good, good. Did you want to say something, yep. Dave? Well done to Olympic for breaking the fence on that first goal too. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> it's always always a nice little uh, nice little moment when your active support can break fences on a goal. I've uh, I've been fortunate enough to be there for two occasions like that on away trips, one at Central Coast and one at Newcastle. And, uh, yeah, you always feel like you've gotten away with something pretty reasonable with a celebration if you've broken a fence. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Is, uh, <laughs> is only a 1,000 people turning up for when, with an A-League team a, bit disapp- a little bit disappointing? Oh, look, it, it, it was. But, you know, I also think that a lot of people... Um, you know, it, it kind of shows the drawing power of Adelaide United versus, you know, Johnny Random team. Like, you know, they they brought two fans with them. I think, you know, your, your Wanderers, your Sydney's, your, you know, teams with more star power, I guess, would have probably drawn more. But, yeah, so it was a bit disappointing. I think it might have also been a bit of people, with three games on in Brisbane over the two match days, I think people kind of... Maybe you you know picked their game they wanted to see because of their you know, the cost. Maybe yeah. they felt that they couldn't really kind of they didn't really want to spend the money for two nights, so they went they picked the game of preference. Some people would have gone to two, um, but I think what you probably would have found is that some people would have been all right. I'm going to go to this one, and I'm not going to go to the strikers or the raw. I'm going to, not going to go to Olympic, but I'll go to the strikers. I'm not going to go to Olympic or strikers. I'll go to the raw or something like that. So if, if you look across. And we'll get on to the strikers in just a moment, but if you look at the, the match day two, my audio is probably dying right now. Is that better? No, you're all right. Okay. If you look at the two match days, oh, sorry, the second match day with Brisbane and uh, and the strikers both playing at the same time, there was 1,240 people at, at Perry Park for the strikers versus Manly United game. There's no A-League team there. Um, and 6,000-odd uh, you know, at Redcliffe. Uh, between the two, that's seven and a half thousand people that have gone to a football game, at, you know, in the FFA Cup in Brisbane on that one night. That's a big attendance across the board. So, it's 
the people are there. I just think that maybe some people, a good chunk of people probably said, I'm going to go to one or the other. I'm not going to go to both match days. And while some people did, I just think that maybe that cut the cut the crowd down a little bit for Olympic. If it was just Olympic playing, I think you would have had another 500 people there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, oh, that was probably my point. That was probably what I was thinking as well. Yeah, if they're the only one that plays across the two match days, and yeah, they probably get quite a few more. Um, but oh well, it is what it is. Um, you know, people only have limited money these days and they do pick and choose. So let's just cover off of those other couple of games quickly. Moreland Zebras 4 really put on a show to um, get past uh, Mackay with Sunday's Magpies Crusaders United Football Club um, at CB Smith Reserve. So, yes, outclass. Yeah, there was a clear class difference between these two, wasn't there? Uh, when you sort of watch back. So, Thomas Barfush, Barfush in the 18th and 27th minutes, Tremaine Sadler in the 54th, and Liam Cannell in the 75th. Um, 1325 in attendance there. And um, the one we were just referring to before was Brisbane Strikers 1. Matthew Richardson in the 62nd minute put them ahead um, of the Manly United at Perry Park. 12,400 in attendance. Uh, Scott Halloway, Halliday did get a red card, so he'll miss the next game for them, which is against the Moreland Zebras, who are coming up here at Perry Park on the 18th of September at 7.30pm. Uh, it is not the main televised game, but couple of really interesting ones here for strikers, like obviously pulling them and then, and you know, a good in NWSL, NWSL, sorry, and a New South Wales NPL club in Manly United, you know, good sort of team. They beat them 1 0. And if Moreland's Edward is going to be another really good contest, mm-hmm. and I think it shows that the NPL Queensland is really quite a strong league. I mean, we're just talking about Olympics. So well, we certainly hold our own up here. Yeah, strikers are a good side as well. They're, they're one of the better sides in the uh, NPL Queensland. Uh, Moreland is actually MPL 2, but I think we've seen that they're a better side than MPL 2 for Victoria. Um, So it'll be a good contest. You'd expect the Strikers to be super big favourites. But at the same same time, if they get through that, they'll be pretty much guaranteed to have a fourth home FFA Cup game in the semi-final because I don't think they can be the... um, I think unless there's a super big uh, upset in the A-League versus um, non-A-League game. Um, I, I don't think they can draw uh, a non-A-League club in the well, they have, Yeah, that's true. This is the this is the game to be the, you know, the... The, the host yeah, the, of the, an A-League team, yeah. Yeah, the host, yeah, the, the one... This is the guaranteed one non-A-League into the, um, mm-hmm. the semi final. sorry, round of four, as some people prefer to call it. Um, so, yeah, it, really big chance. Yeah, it doesn't get... Yeah, more than Zebras, they should beat them and... Yeah, well, I mean, the strikers. Yeah, you know. Four home games, though, for strikers, if they can get to that point, that's that's a pretty. I mean, that's a pretty fortunate run. Let's face it; it's not often you mm. get drawn home every single time. Um, so they've been lucky in that respect here, but they've also managed to draw the team that's lowest ranked in the in the competition still. Um, although they, I don't think they're NPL two standard, the you know strikers are still better, the better side in my opinion. So it'll be an interesting contest to see. Mm. Yeah, hopefully I can. Uh, uh, I'll try and probably get down there myself for that one and uh, have a look around, and uh, maybe some of the other boys will be there as well. Brisbane strikers clearly getting the uh, Sydney FC draw luck. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, well, the phone booth will be pumping for that one. Rightio, let's move on to some news because there are some major, major news dropped today, just before we recorded. Actually, so um, we could have chosen to record this on the weekend, but we're all busy and. Indeed, it uh, turned out in our favour because 
Mel Andretta has left the Brisbane Raw W League team as the head coach. Um, she would not continue. She's going to continue with her Matilda's role. It wasn't specified whether that was an upgrade on what she's been doing with them or just a continuation. I think the latter, but anyway. Um, so she's has she's been in charge of the team for three seasons for 19 wins, four draws and 15 defeats from 38 matches. Obviously, the first season was a bit rough, but then this, the next two were pretty darn bloody good. She won the 2017-18 W League Premiership and semi-final appearances in both 17-18 and, of course, 18 and 19. So... Huge, huge shoes to fill, Ben. I'm sure you'll agree. Absolutely. And, and I mean, look, uh, obviously we'll, we'll get onto our replacement in a second, but, you know, really just want to you know, shout out Mel for all the great hard work and community work that she's done in that role uh, over you know, a number of seasons. Um, I think she's kind of been the... She, she's kind of stabilised that culture and really made it somewhere where people want to come and play, like not only Australian players, but overseas players as well. And, um, you know, it's it's a, you know, it's a flagship sort of, you know, situation. Like we, we're one of the premier teams in the W League. We, we, you know, as in the W League context, we take it a lot more seriously than some other um you know, some other teams might. Um, and um, I, I think that's paid paid dividends and I think Mel has been pretty central to that. So, um, yeah. And, and, and look, given that, um, uh, you know, given that, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, stepped down from Matilda's, it was only a temporary... Stadge. No, no, oh. Stadge, um, Milicic. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, given given that Milicic was only a temporary appointment anyway, <clears throat> I, th- I think that this is kind of, you know, a harbinger that she might be involved in some way of stepping up in the Matildas setup. That's obviously not something that's currently announced or, you know, really, you know, in the imminent plans. But I think that's probably something that we'll see over the next little little while yeah that's that's what you could that's that's what i hope this is um that yeah it is you know a sort of because middles is obviously in charge of uh, matilda's until the tokyo 2020 olympics and then he is definitely not going on because he's already confirmed to be macarthur's head coach for the following a-league season so you know, mel andretta didn't get wasn't in line or able to get the matilda's gig uh, at the previous round around because she didn't have the right badges. So hopefully that's situation, and I believe that situation is being dealt with. You know, she's been working on getting the correct levels. So if she's if she's knocked out that, then yeah, you could really see that she's maybe being groomed as such to be to take over the team from then um, as a bit of succession planning exercise. So and that'll be really interesting, and that's what I hope it is, and I hope it's not something else. And and, and look, even even her as an assistant coach uh, for the Matildas, like you know, I think. Her being involved in that setup in some way, um, I think that this is what that I think that this is what that is. I don't think it's her just continuing with her current role. I think it's you know a little bit bigger than that for her to for her to be stepping down. Um, I'm sure that there's some kind of you know something more to it than this than they can currently announce. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that'd be interesting to watch. Anything to add on uh, what uh, Mel Andretta has brought to the W League team, Dave? Any thoughts on it? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, look, it's it's a surprise amount. Uh, I don't think anyone's just a second there at the moment. Um, I don't think it was a it was anything anyone expected, but it was really something in the works of announced the successor. Um, release has been on the table for the club itself, so uh, it's uh, disappointing from a club's perspective because obviously we we'd love to keep her here. She. Mel has, has done a, a fantastic job over those three seasons. The first year being a bit of a tough one because she was effectively, uh, you know, grooming or building that side not for that season but for the seasons to follow. And you've seen what happened in the seasons that followed. Um, she was an, an incredible, uh, incredible coach in terms of building that team from there. So you can you, you can only. I mean, I wish that she would be able to stay for longer. But at the same time, that's three really incredible seasons. Um, and it'd be a tough, tough job to replace her. Um, fingers crossed for her that this is just leading to getting that, uh, that that background, so that she can take a job like the Matildas, uh, like the, Mikil- the Matildas gig. Um, and even beyond that, even beyond that, into into some sort of other um, overseas uh, post. We've seen, especially in recent years, with with um, the the say the rise of women's football is not the right term, but it becoming more uh, uh, more featured, more more prominent in, in people's thinking. Um, you know, overseas leagues becoming a lot more um, a lot more talked about. You know, people now start talking about the US league. They start talking about European leagues, and hopefully, that's you know, this is basically the next step for her getting a gig. Um, in a maybe a stronger league and building her own career as well. So, um, all I can really say is, is I hope that she, I hope this is a, um, a step in that direction for her. Uh, but to thank her very much for all the work she's done for Brisbane because she has been an absolutely incredible uh, coach for our women's team. Um, and hopefully that legacy is able to carry on in, into the future seasons with uh, the gentleman taking over from her uh, in the next step. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So, um, yeah, fond wishes, and uh, she not, she posted a nice little uh, farewell uh, video online to the uh, to the raw core. So, um, and, and I think that was something she very passionately believed in. So, you know, she certainly lives on good terms, and uh, yeah, we all wish her the best. But taking over, um, and and you know, taking the reins on the WX season is due to start in, you know, uh, six or maybe probably end of. Um, be the end of October, wouldn't it? So it is till two months away. Juk, uh, Juk, far out. Jake Goodship. <laughs> Jake Goodship takes over. He has been the head coach in the academy and involved in what our NPL team has been doing this season and our champion W League team as well. So I'm um, certainly uh, put some very capable hands at the front uh, with this team taking there, over. So there's definitely a chant in that. I was going to say Jake, Brisbane Raw. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's yeah, a I, was, I was on board with that as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure the I'm sure the raw core will get behind it, mate. Just uh, tag me Twitter. If anyone's listening from the raw core, and I expect they all are because they love football uh, and what we do. Clearly, um, they've, I'm sure they've started penning that now. But if they haven't, there's your uh, there's your freebie, guys. Get going. Uh, that's that's your chance for the rest of the season for him. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how he goes. So, um, you know, obviously he's been involved in our setup, but uh, you know, and it ties in 
Uh, actually, just while we're on W League, I did just want to say there is one player who definitely won't be coming back to us next season. And that's uh, Chi Ubukagu, because uh, she's just signed for CD Takon, which is effectively becoming Real Madrid's um, women's team. So they've sort of it's a team that's based in Madrid in the Premier Division in playing in the women's um, Premier Division in in Spain, and she's just signed for them. So and they're becoming officially Real Madrid's uh, women's team next season. So. Yeah, anyway, good luck Very to her, good. but someone that we won't be seeing uh, on our shores next season. Um, yeah, so, but what that did tie into with that Jake Goodchick news was that Warren Moon is joining uh, Brisbane as the general manager of the academy. Um, so, obviously, he's just been in charge of Lions in, for the last couple of seasons. He literally just wrapped up uh, both the NPL and the NPL women's on the weekend as uh, premiers of both competitions. So, uh, been doing a really solid job out there. And indeed, he was rumoured um, to be someone in line for um, the actual head coach job. So, it seems like a really good get for Brisbane Raw, Dave. Huge get. Um, Warren Moon's been one of the standout coaches in the NPL for years now. And being a being one of the players in the original Raw squad, it's it's great to get a player like that or a person like that back, as you say, that's, that's gone off, done a lot of um, a, a lot of work on his coaching um, in the local setup. Um, really, Sean, let's be honest, he's 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 not you know kind of fallen away. He's he's been one of the leading managers in in the MPL Queensland. And to get him in on, in the um, it was the academy, wasn't it? As yeah, as general as manager of the academy. General yeah, manager so of the academy. Yeah, so getting him in that role um, is a huge get. It's a massive get because that that info or that knowledge and that coaching skill is going to filter down not just to uh, our NPL team as well, but also to under twenties, under under eighteens, and all the way down to the thirteens at every level. Um, and that obviously flows on to things like the main team as well. So this is going to be a huge get for Brisbane Raw. Um, and, I'm actually pretty excited with it. And this takes over from the Drew Sherman role, I would imagine, as sort of like, yeah, the head of the academy. So, Yeah, I, th- I yeah. think it's something like, you know, in football manager terms, head of youth development. Like, you know, he's going to be the guy that, you know, identifies the talent, you know, kind of, you know, probably, you know, um, you know, kind of identifies which players are, you know, first team ready and, you know, kind of looks for first team players and, you know, develop them, developing them into that through our academy system. So, you know, it's uh, one of those things that, uh, you know, years ago we dreamed about and now we've, now we've got and we've got a top, top uh, coach and, uh, you know, a guy that has a very strong record of youth development doing that role. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And look, he's a, and he's a guy that obviously through being the Lions head coach, he would know what talent is out there throughout the whole of the NPL. I mean, he'd know every NPL team back to front and probably has a reasonable idea of what some of the junior teams, you know, the under whatever's in, in across the leagues are sort of doing. So, you know, and Lions have been a very strong club at sort of developing youth as well. So uh, yeah, we'll I mean, come with a good strong I, focus. I was out there on the weekend and uh, they they won the league in the uh, 18s, 20s and, you know, uh, yeah, the, and the under-16s. Like, they have really strong recruitment and, you know, talent, talent identification, obviously. Uh, out there, and obviously that's something that he's now bringing to us. So that's can only be a good thing. Absolutely, uh, Aidan O'Neill and Conor O'Toole, uh, which just tied me into a fact that I forgot to mention. We had five O somethings uh, on the field 
in our FA Cup game. An Australian record, uh, the great Andy Howe with the stat on Twitter. Uh, there'd been, I think, another club maybe with five before, but like three or four of them were brothers, but where these were five completely separate O'Neill, uh, O's. So O'Neill, O'Toole, O'Shea. Um, who else? O'Donovan. O'Donovan. And who was the fifth one? Was there a fifth one? Actually, no, no I think it was four. I think it was four. It was a four. It was a four. Was it? Was yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just the, the, the most un, uh, the most unrelated O's, you know, in a, in a, in a thing. Yeah. yeah. Just fantastic stat, really. Uh, and just exactly why you should always follow the, Andy Howe's What was the so, ladies' league headline? Four O's, but no one could finish or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn. Damn. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Aidan O'Neill and Connor O'Toole have been named in the 24-man Early Brew squad to face New Zealand on the 6th and 9th of September. So that's coming up uh, we this weekend. We yeah. picked up the extra O. Yeah, the extra O <laughs> um, <laughs> on the O September. Um, yeah, so uh, good luck to them. Obviously, uh, a key. I think these are key lead-up practice games uh, before they have their proper qualifying tournament um, coming up pretty soon for to actually go to the Olympics. So it'd be nice if uh, Australia could be at the Olympics. It's been a number of years since we've been there. So, yeah, so good luck to those boys in that one. Yes, uh, more national team news. We've got lots of national team stuff going on at the moment. Jordan Courtney Perkins and Zach Powell. So apparently we're dominating left back in uh, the under-17 national team. So in the, uh, in the training camp in Canberra for preparations for the October World Cup in Brazil for the under-17. So good luck to those boys. And, uh, well, we both know that they're pretty good quality. As we've, uh, we've seen them uh, both at A-League level, Ben. We have. And, um, you know, I, th- I think that, uh, you know... <laughs> Whichever way we go, we've got some. We've got some strong. Uh, we've got some strong players in that under seventeen team for the first time in a little while. Like guys that have actually played in the A League, like you know, and that has been a real glaring kind of, you know, uh, failure of the A League over the last sort of four, five, six years is that those sort of players were just not getting the first team opportunities. And now we've got two guys that have been, you know, in our under-17 squad, you know. It's, um, it's pretty bloody good. Yeah, absolutely. Nathan Nguyen and Jack Warshawski. Nguyen. Nguyen, Nguyen, come up. No, yeah, sorry. I, I shouldn't... Uh, yeah, that's a bad fail on my behalf. Look, I was more worried about the second name which I assume Dave just put in just to make sure that you know, I had a funny one to say, Wachowski. Um, yeah, it's it. incredible that you've, you've nailed Wachowski, but you've, <laughs> you've completely fucked up Noin. Noin, I know, right? Uh, sorry, Nathan. Um, anyway, they've been named in the under-15 national side as we prepare for this as uh, for the September qualifiers and for the 2020 AFC Under-16 Championships. Any idea where those ones are, Dave? Uh, sometime. Sometime. In Asia, probably somewhere probably, in Asia, probably, probably like Laos or Myanmar or something. Yeah, one of those smaller countries that usually get the host at all. Yeah, um, yeah, fair. Uh, speaking of Laos or Myanmar or something like that, uh, young Socceroos won the won, won the AFF Under Eighteen Championships, defeating Malaysia one nil in the final, and uh, Kai Truen started in the final from Brisbane Raw. So well done to those boys, and that will probably mean they go into some sort of AFC championship because that was AFF, just in case you're confused. AFF's the one that's based around Southeast Asia that we're now a full member of. 
I don't think they don't do any championship to us. I think that's just a tournament for the region, and that's it. Okay, cool. So I think they. I think I think we're just the best team in in the region. And in the region. Yeah. Although I did find it funny with this one because we we did actually lose to Malaysia early on in the time we lost. Was it three nil? We got beat pretty good. Yeah. Um, we talked Malaysia. about it on the, on the last show, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then obviously we've come back and we've ended up winning this one, the final one nil against Malaysia as well. So many keyboard warriors once we lost to Malaysia in the group stage, which didn't actually knock us out of the tournament. Uh, so many people just decided this was going to be the, this is a, a clear showing of the failings of our youth system. Teams have bad games, you know? Teams have bad games. And if they're still in the tournament and they've gone on and done the business in, when it mattered the most, it shows that these players aren't necessarily a failure of a system. They just had a bad game. So uh, it's just that classic um, underrating of anything in Asia, isn't it? By by all Australians, even still. And you know, it, and some people are like, oh, we always used to make World Cups. Well, yeah, we're in Oceania, <laughs> and all that to beat was freaking Tonga. You know, like it wasn't that hard to we make. World we Cups. never made World Cups. We never well, made never, World Cups in the in I'm talking region. We just beat everyone. I'm talking youth World Cups. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. No, but the the teams in that region are also investing heavily, and they've been investing heavily for a while. So you're going to see teams like Malaysia, like Vietnam at the last Asian Cup, like Indonesia, like uh, Singapore. All these countries, they may not, you know, be up to where Australia is at at a senior team, you know, just yet. But they're going to keep improving. They're going to keep going. They're going to do that through the youth teams, and that's where we're. Uh, where we're going to get caught up in the short term because of this investment. So that's where the players yeah. come through first. So it's it's not something to be to be worried about. We need to do our own investing as well where we can. But um, we lose one game to a team in Asia, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. And and, and, and you know the other thing is we're the big target. We're the we're the we're the guys that everyone steps their game up against because they're like, hey, we're going to prove a point. You know. Yeah, look, let's show them we're not, you know, completely shit at football. And, you know, that's that's the attitude of most Southeast Asian teams particularly, but like, you know, you know, Asian teams in general. It's like, hey, you know, you've underestimated us for so long, you know, you can't underestimate us anymore. And, you know, that's that's showing through youth tournaments and, you know, it's, and it's good that we're finally, uh, you know, taking it seriously. We're sending strong teams to these uh, tournaments and we're, you know, finally starting to, you know, reap the rewards of that. Yeah, that's it. And look, you know, it's a good challenge. Look, Malaysia is investing. What what Johor are building in their new stadium, we've talked about that before, you know, that's amazing stuff. And Thailand certainly invests plenty in their football. And Vietnam, there's just a Vietnam player got signed to a reasonable club in Europe, I think. That's right. Um, I can't remember who it was. Pretty, I just remember seeing it. Pretty sure Vietnamese, it was Vietnamese, Evening? Yeah, was it somewhere in Germany, maybe? Or yeah. Anyway, so you know, like, it was yeah. definitely a Dutch club. Oh, yes, yeah, so it was. It was. Yeah, it was Dutch. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, so you know, like Vietnam's on the radar, and they did really well in a Youth World Cup recently, and like they got a couple of really good teams. So yeah, that's it. We just got to stop disrespect. You know, not disrespect. Yeah, just you know, understand that these aren't easy games just because of what we think they are. Anyway, still, we won the thing, so screw the lot of you. We're better than you. 
Yeah, we're the best. <laughs> yeah, we're the best. <laughs> um, just a bit of a uh, touch update on uh, former Brisbane Royal player Daniel Lex. So he has officially left the club and uh, he trialled with Central Coast Mariners about two weeks ago. Um, didn't get off at a contract, has been seen trialling with Melbourne Victory. Uh, but the interesting part was he'd written to all clubs looking for an opportunity after being released by Brisbane. Um, hopefully they're training him as a forward and not as a right back. Hopefully a lot of people do this too because... Not, I think a lot of people will be like, oh, I'll just go back to my local club and work my way back up from there. I'm glad he took the initiative and said, yeah, give me a fucking shot. That's good. That's brilliant to say, yeah, I want to, I can do this at this level. I don't even get a proper go at Brisbane. Give me a crack. So I'm, it's it's um, chosen initiative that Lefke actually took that step, and I'm glad that he's at least had a few trials to get him to have a look at it. Um, some, you know, some clubs could do worse, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And Ben, Ben... Well, maybe, I mean, I know you're in love with the West United away kid, but maybe the 14th of September at Logan will change your mind because that is what we think Brisbane Roar is leaking towards being on that night. Yeah, so, um, you know, kit, kit launches on that night, um, presumably with, you know, no fireworks this time. Um, <laughs> but um, Unless we set, set fire to the entire training venue. <laughs> Look, I, did, you, I, I, did you see the clip? There was a clip of a uh, there was a strip club in Melbourne where a stripper like like lit a line on stage and she actually lit the whole club on. Like it was just meant to be like a line of fire on the stage and it caught fire in the strip that. club. <laughs> it was on. <laughs> it was it was on. How have you been paying attention this week? That was incredible. That's uh, yeah, that's how I saw it too. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. That's exactly how I saw it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like it wasn't it wasn't your name in the Instagram photo of the one recording it at all, Dave. <laughs> I was going to say, it wasn't you in the background there, was it, Pricey? No, no, no. I was at the other one across the road that night, unfortunately. Right. right. He just saw the smoke coming from the strip club. He didn't see you weren't there to see the fire, right? No, yeah. I didn't you, start the fire. You, 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 missed a, you missed a really hot show, Pricey. Hey, there it is. There it is. Oh, well. Good to see the fire. The fireman. There was always burning since the stripper was turning. Pricey didn't start the fire. Good. The good news is the firemen could just slide right in there, you know. They're always good on the pole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, yeah, I heard, uh, I heard, yeah, you go on. The, 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 the little bits of the, uh, the, the little glimpses of the kit that we've seen looks like they've, you know, properly colour switched the, you know, logo that looks like they've, you know, done all the things um, that, you know, our good friend Jeff, um, nice orange on Twitter, by the way, um, always uh, basically has a go about. So, yeah. yeah. Look, we've seen that. We saw that on the Maroon kit, I think, last season. And, yeah, it looks like, yeah. Well, what Dave Perot did tease was um, look like a black kit or certainly a black logo. So, it'll, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and how that translates. So um potentially absolutely. four kits is what we're thinking, yeah? Four kits, yeah. Uh, I, believe, so I, believe Pere, at the moment. I believe that Pere uh, has said that there'll be four kits, yes. Yeah, there'll be oh, because there'll also be the Anzac Day there'll be the Anzac Day one Maroon home and away. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking that. Yeah. So there'll be a black kit, a maroon kit, uh, and your normal kind of home and away orange and white ones yeah excellent that about wraps it up unless any of you boys have got something you want to add on 
not really. I've talked a lot today. Yeah. Yeah, and, and look, me honestly, I'm uh, just getting over having uh, laryngitis, so you know, I, I I could talk longer, but you know, uh, the 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 rants are a bit uh, croaky today. Well, no, it's not rants. Exactly. Yeah. What what's a what's a rant but positive? A uh, posy rant. Yeah. 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 You, I, I don't know what they are because I've never done it before. But it's a it's a pos rant, like the pos nan, but only for Ben to pos rant, rant positively while he while he bounces backwards. Yes. Pos rant, and there's the title of the show. Pos rant. Well, but I've already called it the super extra special show. <laughs> Uh, All right, boys. Thank you very much. We are the Rawcast on Twitter and Facebook.com. The Rawcast. These are now. We're now uploading these into Anchor, and I will give you a hint. We can actually put music at the end of the episode, um, which, but it only plays in Anchor because of licensing reasons. So maybe a reason to check it out there if you really, uh, if you really missed that little um, clip of some music that um, we used to put at the end. So uh, we're back doing it, but it's in. Anchor only, so just uh, go and have a look with there. That said, with that said, I'd like to say a special shout out to all of our listeners in uh, Costa Rica who <laughs> yes. uh, were getting on board. Um, the, the, the listeners in the US, uh, specifically the listeners in Costa Rica in the Provincia de San Jose region, um, you guys are fantastic. Um, we, we love you very much. Um, I did like that the, uh, the, the geographic locations breaks down to um, even which planet everyone's co- uh, everyone's listening from. Um, at the moment, everyone's listening from Earth, but you know, if you want to listen from Mercury or Venus or Mars, you know, feel free to, to get on board. The broadcast is for everybody, uh, regardless whether you're in Australia, in, in, in Earth or, or otherwise. So get involved, I mean, people. But not Pluto, because we don't recognise Pluto as a planet. Pluto, Pluto is listed on this geographic location, man. If you want to listen from Pluto, <laughs> get involved. I'm all up for it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> excellent. How are we get? Oh, so, oh, so okay, interesting. I didn't actually realize you could click on it. That is actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funky, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, this is just our cool nerding out in the back end. So, um, yeah, it's all great for us. So, uh, you know, and we were pretty happy to have the first show went. So, thank you all our listeners as well. We love you all very much. Um, especially you, listener. You no, know, no, no, not you. No, no, you. Yeah, you. No, the one next year. No, the one that, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, especially. No, 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 not that guy, the, the one behind him, but with the funny hat on, that guy, I love that guy. Oh, yeah, the funny hat, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. Good call, good call. Excellent. All right, thank you very much, Ben. Thank you, gents. No worries, and thank you, Dave. Thanks, mate. No worries. All right, listeners, we'll catch you back with probably a, uh, a season preview show just before the season kicks off. I reckon that might be our next one. Probably. Yeah, we'll do something like that. It'll be a little bit of time. There's no FFA Cup so to worry about anymore, so, you know, yeah, we'll just chill out and do our thing for a bit. Yeah, go back to hiatus. And, uh, you know, once again, obviously, we asked for feedback on how the experience went for the last show. Tell us what you thought of this show. Obviously, it's a very different recording experience for us, so we weren't all together. We did record. So, you know, just let us know um, what you thought of it and, uh, you know, all feedback taken on board if, uh, if you like this or not. And, uh yeah, and if you like a little insert from Rick as well. So thank you very much to him for recording that and trying out a new platform with us. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, listeners. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.